the bottom line bombs of the sports gaming podcast now, like or, or on it is brought to you by bird dog shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com backslash pool, that's birddogs.com backslash pool. Now let's bomb away. <laughs> that music always cuts me off short. Sorry, I apologize as I cough and cough immediately. And I'm here promoting the show. Bottom line, Bob's welcome on uh, Monday, June 19th, also known as Juneteenth. Here in Bob's starting a little late there. Sorry. I am CJ Sullivan, your host, the man in the box. Yes, sir, and uh, and welcome to the YouTube comments already. My man Serial is here, uh, who says he's still waiting for the molester in the box shorts before he orders. I know I ran that by uh, Bird Dogs if they're ready to do a deal with me. The anti-molester shorts from an episode ago is a good way to start the show. Um, <clears throat> they have to run it through legal. As I said, you know how you know how it is when it gets with corporations. But anyway, uh, well, welcome. But glad you are here, Cyril, and everyone else joining in. Um, we've got a good show for us. We're going to recap the U.S. Open and the bombs that I delivered to everyone on Wednesday. Not only that, but I uh, became a man in the tea box, and I went, I went to the L.A. Country Club in Saudiwood just to show up. And uh, get a get a real report. So I want to give you that report. What I saw on Saturday I was there for round three. Um, we gave out some bombs. We're going to give out some uh, plays today. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the Vegas uh, parade. Uh, got some baseball. June 19th bombs. Juneteenth bombs. Later on in the show. And then, of course, a man in a box segment. And the end, which we'll talk about uh Maybe I'll get to the Flaming Hot Cheetos. I don't know. I've been trying to get to this for a couple of shows now, but I talk so much and the show gets away from me that I never get to it. But anyway, um, all right. Cheers to beers. Wants to know. All right. He, he comes right off with my loss. He wanted to know what the over-under was for hole-in-ones. That was one of the few losses. So let's just we're gonna recap the U.S. Open real quick. For the bomb-wise, day one. My prop bombs did not do well. And I was told quickly on the comments, especially from JC from KC, which is right. Because I, I said no hole-in-one. If you went yes hole-in-one by the individual days, you did pretty well. But we had plus money. like 170 for no hole-in-one and 145. And that was done within about 30 minutes. Twice, I know. It was a couple hole-in-ones. The first days, it was pretty easy. People were shooting 62s. That hurt us our... Low score, 64 and a half. So people were like, ah, what happened with the hole in ones? I know. Well, no one knows, no one knows what happened that, that, that first day. People are furious. They're like, what happened? I, this course was supposed to be tough because no one knew anything about this course. It was all secretive. They don't let anyone in. No, uh, no celebrities, no Jews. They, they let Jews in now. But they're for a long line, they didn't. They still don't like celebrities coming in. They still won't let anyone in business because they still might just, just they don't want to risk them knowing Jews. So, uh, so then they came to course, and the course seems easy. People were firing up 62s. Hell, Ricky Fowler fired a 62 that day one, and he was like, fuck, I guess I might win this thing now. I don't, I'm not ready for this pressure. And he wasn't yesterday. But after that, let's move on. So uh, we lost the hole in one bets. We lost the first round bets. But everything else I gave out, including my long shot. If you look, if you re, if you uh, if you subscribe, I mean, as a matter of fact, I should go throw that banner up there real quick. Uh, if you subscribe to uh, the bottom line bombs as well, uh, um, 
YouTube page and Instagram. You see my man in the box. I put up my, my tough video from last show where I gave out, gave out five long shots. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who was a top fiver. He was a 55 to one. Siwoo Kim, top 20. DeShane Boo's top 20. Patrick Reed, he flamed out, but he made the cut. And of course, I gave out Wyndham Clark at 90 to 1. Bomb it! That was a little loud, but that's what happens. I'm giving it out right 90 to 1. You're welcome, C Generates. I hope you followed the man in the box himself, the man in the T box. Ninety to one, Wyndham Clark gave it out. We also gave out Rory McIlroy. He was my main pick at sixteen to one. So I pretty much hit the exacta. You box that at Aqueduct, and you're in for a big payday. Um, we also hit our matchup bombs four and zero. We had uh, Tyrell Hatton over Max Homa. Max Homa didn't make the cut. Hideki Matsuyama, not Matsui. Like I said last episode, don't. Confuse my ignorance for racism. I'm dumb, not racist. Uh, over Jason Day. That was an easy winner. Jason Day did not make the cut. He bombed out. Xander over Hovland. That, that was a little closer. At least Hovland gave up a shot. And then Rory, minus one and a half versus Kepka. Easy, easy winner. Feel bad for Rory. He missed, uh, he uh, lost by one again. The major drought. That looks like his major drought. Fucking, uh, Fowler had more of a drought. Fowler has never won a major. He's had a lot of close calls, but then he was terrible for years. And he's, he's regained. I kind of felt bad for Fowler yesterday because he, he regained, he never regained his form. He's not all the way back to what he, what he used to be when he was on every commercial and orange and shit like that. But, uh, he's definitely on the way upward. That's why we had him for Jason day as well. But like he had that at 62 and then he's like, shit. I don't want all the pressure. I don't want all the cameras. I mean, I don't want to be the leader. And that's what he was. He was the leader on Sunday and things didn't go too well. But Rory had, uh, you know, I love, I like Rory. We saw Rory on Saturday. He, uh, he had the best score in the history of the U S open for a non-winner. So he has that going for him. He hit the most greens forever for a non-winner. So people are like, ah, Rory's a choke artist. He's a choke artist. He missed by one. He was by one shot. He shot 10 under. It's pretty good. He broke a record for the best score ever in U.S. Open history for a non-winner. Yep, he didn't make any putts. That's, that's true. He did not make any putts. But, uh, you know. Putts are, uh, putts are fickle. Going in and out, bouncing around, and I'll, uh, I'll let you know. Um, but anyway, big day for big day for the C-Generates, 90-1. to 1. Bomb on Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark, his story was. Uh, we'll talk about the broadcast of it. I mean, I'll, I'll, after the break, I'll tell you about uh, being there. But the broadcast itself was kind of interesting. They love talking about the marine layer. Oh my god, did they act like that was a fucking front? Like, like it was a storm front blocking the sun. This marine layer, what a foe! All right, calm down. It's a little breezy. The, crack, the green softened a little bit. Then it was hot. And um, Paul Azinger, oh my God, he is hilarious as an announcer. He thinks everything is a disaster. He's like just a worried fucking parrot. Every shot, oh, that's going to be awful. That's in the rough. No, it's fine, Paul. It's fine. It hung on. Don't worry about it. Wyndham Clark is terrible shot. All right, but still in a fairway. Yeah, but it's not as straight as it could have been. And Wyndham Clark, good for Wyndham Clark. Good for us for the 90 to 1. But my God, with the story about his mom. Oh, my God. See, that's the thing with golf narratives. They, they need that. Golf narratives need that story. They need to tell you about. Oh, he wanted to quit, and he brought back, and his mom was his number one fan, and she died, and Fowler said, your mom is looking down upon you. That's the other thing with Father's Day and golf. And I know it's a nice tradition. It's nice and showing the kids. And then you have the dead parents people. They love, they, oh, God. And they love, <laughs> they love bringing up their dead parents and how, uh, what they would have been wished by. It, it means something different for me. You wouldn't understand. Listen, both my parents have been dead for a long time. And I do not, uh, 
<laughs> and Father's Day, Mother's Day doesn't bring up anything as for uh, as far as that's concerned because I know they like to be left alone and they're happy. They're happy now because they're left alone like any good parent. Like I said, that's the only gift they want is to leave them the fuck alone. Write a card if you want, do a little drawing, but you're not going to get them anything they want. Just leave them alone. Stop talking about them. Maybe talk about them. So, yeah, Wyndham Clark's mom probably couldn't be happier because they're talking about her and she doesn't have to be there. Maybe I'm projecting. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man, let's see like that. Uh, cereal. Um, cereal's got a few comments on here. Let me get to a quick break. I do have a. Me I do have a. Uh, he wants to know about a, a Mexico Canada bomb. I do have uh, a Mexico soccer take that I might use in a man in the box. We'll see if we get there. If not, um, and then I will talk about when I get back. Like I said, we'll talk about my experience, man in the tee box at an LA Country Club. Along with some of Vegas X and uh, some Juneteenth baseball bombs. But first, let me tell you about bird dogs. The, the, the bird dog shorts of the summer. They make you look good. They stretch khakis designed to fit slimmer through the thigh. So you have to go to birddogs.com backslash pool and a promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com backslash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. That's quite a... Quite a promise. And I like to say, with bird dog shorts, and they are good shorts. I have mine coming. That it's the summer. Now it's the beginning of the summer, and I experienced this when I went to uh, the U.S. Open. Now, now I'm doing summer activities that uh, you need a good pair of shorts because once that day gets away from you, and that happens all the time in the summer, you go out, you know, you're doing summer activities, like my went to the U.S. Open, next thing you know I'm out, it's nighttime, and you're in the shorts. And it's just you in the shorts. You're like, uh oh, you gonna be able to get this through? You gonna be able to get through this, buddy? Shorts. You need shorts that aren't gonna kick you, you know, get you into that restaurant, not get you kicked out of places. That's where Bird Dog comes through. So get a pair of Bird Dog shorts. Go to that website and uh, have yourself a summer. All right, and we are back to the. Bottom line bombs with CJ Sullivan. Let me tell you about the LA Country Club and the US Open real quick. Not real quick. Um, did I have a route? That's a good question. People want to know how do you how do you do? How do you do? How do you go to uh golf tournaments? I've been to a couple. There's a couple of things you can do. You can you can you can you could just walk the course, do the whole route, follow someone you like. Or you can set up shop somewhere. You got a grandstands if you can get in there and just watch everyone come to you. I like to do a mix of it. I like to, I like to walk the course. Now that I don't drink, I can see. First of all, I couldn't comprehend these people drinking out in the day and this uh, fucking sun getting roasted. I was already roasted anyway. Um, but the LA Country Club, they broke it in half. The maps, I know, they're... they're they give you a route. They give you the USGA makes you do this app. This app was worthless. It wasn't worthless. It was a good app, but like the map they had, I'll show you where all the concession stands are with changing prices and bathrooms and grandstands, but they didn't give you a whole map. I wanted a real map that I could put my hands on, you know, like a unfold it. That kind of map. So a lot of people were complaining about the LA fans. I liked that they only sold half the amount of tickets, to be honest with you. It was great to navigate around, move around. You could find some areas. I've been to some of those tournaments where it's so packed. But it was weird because it was so late. I went Saturday, round three. And the good guys, not the good guys, but the leaders in tee off like 3.30. And they're finishing at 7.30. You guys couldn't even see. Wyndham Clark had a bogey. He said he couldn't even see the ball, but then he birdied 18. So, um, so it was interesting. So by the time I got there, we got there like at 11 or 10.30. And then by the time we, you know, it's like 5.30, we're like, ah, let's see Rory, I guess. And then we're having, it's like a mirage well, then let's get the hell out of here. I mean, you're out there forever. The app was pointless. It's like, and the Wi-Fi was, was spotty. You know, you know, also insulted me. You were allowed to bring a bottle, but it had to be empty because they said they had refilling stations. There wasn't one fucking refilling water stations on the course. There was one 
when you first walked in by the merch store. If you wanted to go all the way back 10 miles back to where the starter was, but you think they'd be all over the place, not one. And then they would have signs like, Hey, stay hydrated. Yeah. Stay hydrated by buying $8 waters every freaking four holes. As long as you buy it off them, it was like Woodstock 99 in there. That wasn't that bad, but you know what I mean? Let, minus, minus all the sexual assaults and rapes. It was like Woodstock 99. That, that we had to pay for water. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, another another thing of when you go to golf, I, I, I mean, I like to own the steps. I, I got exhausted. I couldn't do anything. Else. I was so exhausted from all the steps. And it's very hilly as well. Um, but the fact that it started so early. You can see guys like John Rahm and Brooks Kepka because they were playing early and there was barely anyone following them around. I have shots if you take my if you look at the photos of content I sent up there. Brooks Kepka on like an 18th tee, he was like right in front. He, we're lined up and he's like he's going to hit right at us. I mean, these guys are pros, obviously. They're not going to. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be able to hit the ball with people standing where we were standing, and there was no one there. It was kind of weird. I wanted to start. Uh, Cause I had, I gave out as a fun prop bet. Someone's going to get disqualified at 10 to one. And I figured, uh, only cause it was the LA country club. Usually people got disqualified for signing the card wrong or some shit like that. But in LA country club, I figured, eh, maybe they'll find out someone's Jewish. So I was going to spread the rumor that Kepka is part Jewish, you know, to well, that to officials. Maybe I'll get someone riled up in centuries. And yeah. Also they kept calling it downtown LA. It's century city. It's right. I mean, come on. Right there in Beverly Hills. Kepka went right by me. And I couldn't shoot a video. I didn't shoot a video. I wanted to in retrospect, but I was kind of out of sorts. If you see the photos of the man in the tee box, I, it already started, it started early. I put the sunblock on the head and the sweat dripped right in my eyes. And my eye was just irritated and burning from sunblock all day. Because I'm a mess. We went to the first aid. We went to the first aid booth. Like, Do you have any kind of eye washing or anything? She goes, eh. I'll spray some saline in there and you can put some napkins in your hat. Maybe it'll stop your sweat. So that's what I did. I did country club air conditioning. I had napkins in my hat to try to keep eye sweat. It didn't, it didn't help. So it was hurting me. <laughs> but I will say this. Golfers get heck golfer professional golfers one of the best athletic jobs, pro athlete jobs there is. It's a cush life. You go to town to town, you golf, whatever. I mean, if you make money on it. There's a lot of professional golfers who don't make money. There's two sides to that. Although the money's getting better. But I will also say an underrated thing of the downside of being a professional golfer is you have to hear the lamest heckling in the world. I would rather have harsh, funny heckling from by baseball fans or football or any of that shit. People that are clever and are, they can be profane, whatever golf fans. They're just so fu- they're ridiculous. They're not just bros. They're fucking like dad. Joe, you know, they're the ones who started you to man, get in the hole. I mean, and they hold on to that for 40 years. These guys, all they're getting is live tour. Show me the money. Not even fucking good ones. Not even good ones. So anyway, I'm I'm a little upset that I didn't uh, give Kepka a solid shout out for his performance on the on that live round in DC after winning the PGA when he was hung over and we gave out the fade Kepka play and he showed up. I wanted to tell him that was that perf- just him showing up with that hangover after winning the PGA in DC was more impressive than anything. Michael Jordan did in a flu game. That's for sure. But I didn't get that video and uh, Kepka moved on anyway. So that was, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else we saw there. Other than that, you didn't see, I mean, whatever I saw the good golfers. I didn't see too many great putts. I, I, we were at, we did have a nice setup there in the 17th grandstand where Scheffler hit that eagle on 17 on uh, Saturday. But I was long gone in an air conditioning by the time that happened. <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. I wasn't going to hang around till fucking 730 
for Jesus. I was already done. I was already rolling on a hill. We did hang out by the six. Did you hang out by their cereal? That was the, uh, the six was that fun hole where the, you could hit a blind tee shot and try to drive the green on a par four. And if you missed it, you missed it pretty bad. Um, that wasn't, that was kind of fun. This is a hill. You're just out in the sun. There's just nowhere to hide. It's like a music fest without any music fest, but there's just nowhere to hide. You're just getting roasted. Um, you can turn around, you can spun around or different holes. And it, it did seem like there was a lot of, um, VIP ticket booth too as well. There's that, that's, that's how it reminded me of a music fest too. Like there's the haves and have nots and we were the have nots. Um, but that's the man in the tea box. That's how we live our lives, but we're happy. We got the Wyndham Clark 20 to one. I mean, 90 to one. I'm sorry. 90 to one bop. Incredible. I can't get over that humor. Um, speaking of drinking in the sun, I do want to talk about the Las Vegas golden Knights real quick. Karen Sullivan, welcome to the chat, says like new hat. Uh, the Las Vegas, <laughs> the Las Vegas Golden Knights, um, they had a they had a drunken parade. Um, did you see everyone talking about William Carlson's uh William Carlson's speech? Why does that say that? Jesus Christ. Um I love a drunken parade. And when and an, <laughs> hold on, I'm trying to set this up so you can hear it. William Cross for the Vegas Golden Knights was absolutely hammered. And then they um they they gave him a microphone. I love when a drunk gets a microphone and they know it's immediately a bad choice. And then there was like some some woman at a PR woman trying to grab it out of him. And then try trying to grab a mic out of a drunk's hand. I've uh, through as a guy who does comedy. And been to many drunken comedy shows and done per drunk comedy drunk. And I've uh, done a lot of speeches uh, drunk where they try to rip the microphone out of my hand. My, one of my best friend's weddings. Uh, but let me see if I can get this. This is William Carlson. This guy. This effing guy. I know. So, he was here. They won. Yeah. And I know you have been here. They fucking won. You guys are so amazing. <laughs> Shit out of them. Oh, is he hammered? And he's hot. And if you see the video, they're all like in just their shorts. And hockey guys are so pasty white, and they're just always just soaking wet. Hockey guys are always soaking wet of sweat because their equipment is so hot, and they're very white. <laughs> And good for them. And Vegas has got to be an amazing party. Vegas is such a great place to party that they flew the Nuggets left Denver to party in Vegas. All the Jokic parties and shit. Like, yeah, he's in a Vegas club. I don't. When he said he wanted to go home, he meant he wanted to get the fuck out of Denver. That's all he meant. He said, "I want to go to Vegas." Um, I bring this up because yes, it's funny to watch them do that. And good for them. And like, and when Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, like I, I posted a video, one of my man in the box segments, and uh, this is a problem I have. I, I don't have this problem. My man in a box uh, videos are like, I don't really personally believe these things, but I get it. If you're watching and you don't know the show or don't know me that you think this is my take, but whatever. It's not the point. I hate that the algorithms have to put these videos out and then the people comment on it and because it, it's out there. And then now I'm dealing with comments. Anyway, my Vegas take was, uh, yes, the team deserved it, but the fans didn't deserve we don't think sports fans don't like other sports fans that haven't suffered. That's our take. And then, uh, 
so the Golden Knights have been around six years. You know, they went to the Stanley Cup their first year and then they didn't want it. So we're like, what the fuck, fans? You gotta go, you gotta go through some pain, some sports pain before you get that. Should a team win? Of course, team deserves a win. They're a great team. But I also like that you get to party, and I'm sure none of these people, half those people barely know what hockey is. Who cares? Your party, an opportunity to party in Vegas, you do it. But um, so that was my take, basically, and whatever. I threw some bits under. You know how the man in the box does it. So I got a comment on TikTok. <laughs> some guy goes on, some guy goes on there. He's like, should I bring it up? I'll bring it up. And he goes, uh, he goes, he's like, whack take, man. He goes, hold me, let me get, let me get to it. That's my man in the box. Now I'm getting really bad with this. Um, I should have brought it up. But he goes, whack take, man. Vegas fans went through a lot with the mass shooting. That's what he said. Which, Jesus Christ, buddy. This is not what I'm talking about. So he's like, oh, I want to get, how do I fucking even bring this up? Oh, here we go. He goes, whack take. That fan base has definitely suffered that, which, which I know he means him. He's definitely a part of that fan base because no one else would take this personally. There's a huge correlation between Vegas and the mass shooting in Vegas back in 2017, which, okay, you don't understand the video. That's fine. And I was going to go back at him hard, and I realized I took a breath. I'm like, all right, it's, it's TikTok. I'm not going to get in a comment roar. I say not talking about personal suffering, but congrats on the healing. Then he comes back to me. Just seems a bit tone deaf when talking about a fan base who's suffered is your only take. First of all, only take. It's a 60-second video, you idiot. But I love correlating in personal tragedy in the sports <laughs> championships. Should we power rank? The First of all, you don't even get to monopolize mass shootings, Vegas. Get in line. <laughs> There's a mass shooting in every fucking American town. That has nothing to do with if you deserve a championship. We barely rooted for the Yankees after 9-11. We still wanted Arizona to win. You know, that doesn't have nothing to do with the other one. Fuck your team. Me and Sean Green were saying, maybe we should power rank the mass shooting towns of if they deserve a championship or not. Since we're just going to cross over personal pain. Everyone tell them, everyone write your personal tragedy story and we'll see if you deserve to win the division or not. World Series might be much, but we'll give you a division winner. <laughs> now, does the Vegas, uh, the Vegas shooting, yes, it was, a, it was a high number, but there are also older people at a country music fest, so, you know, I mean, uh, that, that, that maybe three of those concert goers equals one high schooler, like in Florida, so I, I, take, I, I say Florida deserved it more. Because of their school shootings, and they have the Orlando shooting. What do you got to say about that? So you have a gay nightclub shooting. That's a hate crime, along with their mass shooting. You got the high school kids. They all had their future ahead of them. And you guys have fucking out-of-town country singers. So if anything, I think Vegas, as far as mass shootings go, you're about like eighth or ninth down the line for deserving of a Stanley Cup. Is that a better take? TikTok commenters. Uh, welcome to the chat, by the way. Serial Captain Insano, Kaz, cheers for beers. Make sure you hit that like button anyway. Um. <laughs> they do. Heat never won. That's right. Heat never won when that kid got shot. Guess that means they deserve it. I know. We were just saying, I mean, obviously we're in <laughs> sensitive areas, but I just wanted to set you up because we're going to have a sensitive area show. Uh, anyway, I got to get through this. Um, I can't I, I can't get involved in uh, – I can't go back and forth on comments online, but I can bring it to the show and talk about that. I mean, just to not understand that. You, you don't get the fucking dragon personal tragedy into sports. 
First of all, sports means more. <laughs> Just a joke. All right. When we come back, I will talk about um, the Juneteenth baseball bombs and a few other things. And then, of course, a man in a box. But first, I got to tell you that we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over an underdog active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And that's it for the ad reads. I should write down, though, when that was. It's 30 minutes. That's for my uh, editing afterwards. I'm getting a little... Letting you behind the curtain here, the wizard of how the 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 art of the bottom line bombs is made. Um, anyway, uh, thank you by, by the way, everyone who's watching on YouTube live. Make sure you hit smash the subscribe button and like and help the algorithms. Uh, speaking of drunks, before we get into the uh, bombs, I do want to talk about this Bob Huggins story too. How am I getting in? How am I? I'm taking so, this is taking so long, but Bob Huggins got a DUI and he finally resigned. As a co- it was amazing how he got through that saying those homophobic slurs on the, on the radio a couple months ago. West Virginia did not care. Then he got a DUI, like his third DUI. These old coaches and are drunks. Um, incredible. So he had to resign. And uh, he blew a 2.1. Huggins getting a DUI is not a shocker. The fact that he got arrested, but it was in Pittsburgh, apparently. He had no idea he was in Pittsburgh. He blew a 2-1. What was, this? What was the fucking notes on this? This is incredible. Pittsburgh police observed a black SUV blocking traffic at 830 on Friday night. The vehicle had a flat and shredded tire with the driver's door open. Cops told him to pull it over, and he and Huggins couldn't maneuver the SUV to pull him over. So the officer's like, I started giving him a question. He fails field sobrieties. Told him he was at a basketball camp in Sherrodsville, Ohio, which is 90 minutes from Pittsburgh. This is, uh, this is where you don't need a test. Cops asked him what city he was in. And he never got a clear answer, but he did mention the city of Columbus a few times, just mentioning Columbus. And then there was garbage bags of empty beer containers inside the trunk and a car. I mean, they were on a road trip, him and his brother. After going to basketball camp. Um, I get it. The brother probably wanted Permanis. They were driving back to West Virginia, and I've done that trip. I went to school with Duquesne. Morgantown was right around the corner. We would go to West Virginia on Sundays just to get Everclear or any kind of liquor on Sundays because Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is still a Puritan state for some reason. Um, do you imagine hugging? Where are you? Pittsburgh. What? He woke up the next day not realizing, what the fuck am I doing in Pittsburgh? I don't know, but our career's over. But I get it. If you want a Permanis, you want a Permanis. Speaking of which, Carrie Ann Selden, who's in the chat room, she famously, her with my uh, father, took off the permanis during my graduation ceremony at Duquesne. None the wiser. Ducked out, ducked back in before it was over with. My mom was furious. Not because they left, but they didn't take her or bring her back a sandwich. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was hugging his, that's right. Huggy was hugging a six-pack and didn't he not even know where it was. Um, It's amazing that this is what's taking him down too. Hoggins uh, famously when I went to Duquesne, so he played at West Virginia, and he got in a fight versus Pittsburgh or versus Duquesne in West Virginia, and he knocked a kid out. And the kid had the kid's dad was a Pittsburgh cop, so when they played him again in Pittsburgh a couple weeks later, his dad was waiting for Huggins, eighteen-year-old Bob Huggins, and he confronts him, this Pittsburgh cop for fighting his son a couple weeks ago and 18 year old Bob Huggins basketball player for West Virginia knocked out the cop in response, knocked out the dad too. gets on the bus and gets out of there. Fucking legend. 
He should be allowed to do any DUI. You know what? Some of these old, some of these old guys should be grandfathered in to DUIs. Bob Hawkins is one of them. <laughs> you hear the defense, like people are like, people are like, ah, you know, it's a crime, but we get it. You know, DUIs are like fucking. I don't know. I mean. Everyone knows it's wrong, but everyone also understands how it happens. Well, how else is he supposed to get out of that damn awful basketball camp without not drinking his face off? Well, you should have someone drive you. You're Bob Huggins. I'm sure someone in Morgantown can flip the bill for a private driver for you. Yeah, but then you don't get to throw them in the garbage can. Who knows? So I kind of get it. Um... <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't realize my YouTube thing was coming up now. Um, anyway. So, yeah, his his hate speech on... That wasn't hate speech. It was him trying to joke around on radio. That was fine for West Virginia. This one, they, and, I, and I guarantee you, they didn't even want to fire him. But even Huggins is like, All right, I, I got I to gotta pull myself out of here for this. I got to resign. Anyway. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. What, how much time we got left here? I'm I'm wandering. I gotta get to the Juneteenth bombs. All right. It is this is one of my favorite things. So it's Juneteenth today in MLB. MLB has the uh I wanna say the the uh the privilege of being the only sport. <laughs> that has a, a games during Juneteenth, which is, I know, not a new holiday. It is a new holiday. It is a holiday when, uh, not the day slavery ended, but the day slaves were told in Texas that it was over with, which was like two and a half years after it happened. Kind of a weird, weird thing to celebrate. <laughs> it's kind of a twisted thing. But uh, anyway, it's become a new holiday. It's a federal holiday now. It's just in 2021. People do like to jump on you. It's not new. You just didn't know about it. Yeah, you're right. We didn't know about it. You're exactly right. It was not taught in our schools. Juneteenth wasn't taught anywhere. At least in, not where I go to school. Matter of fact, American schools taught me more about a holiday where, a, where we pull a groundhog out of the ground to predict the weather than a day where um, a set of people got their freedom. That's, a, that's how American schools handled <laughs> Juneteenth. So, and now we have. Um, so now baseball, they have to they have to shoulder the load for this new holiday. Now it's a federal holiday. People have off work today. That's what that's what I used to do. I love about Juneteenth. And now, like, so racists will be like, uh, man, what the f No, they got this for a holiday. What's all this about? They already got MLK Day. They say something stupid like that. Um. But then, but the thing is, like, why, why are you complaining about having a day off work? Fuck that! I'm going to work just to prove, just to own these <laughs> woke races. Okay, go to work then, you fucking idiot. Um. So yeah, who cares? We got another day off work. That's great. And Juneteenth, I mean, and you hear you hear the understanding of Juneteenth, or I mean, the explanation of it, what it means. You're like, yeah, that should be a holiday. That makes sense. Sure. The end of slavery? Yeah, that, that should be honored for, for people. There'll be other fucking ridiculous holidays that mean absolutely nothing to people. Where they can't have a holiday that ended slavery or symbolize, symbolize, symbolizes the end of slavery. Uh, so baseball, last year they put their baseball, I put it up in my, um, you see my thumbnail there. That was their baseball logo where they switched it to a black guy and then they're like, oh, I don't know what to do it. MLB, and people ripped on them for that, too. Because corporations don't know what to do with this new holiday. So, like, then I have the Walmart, the Juneteenth ice cream. You Just don't even touch it. If you're a corporation, don't even fucking... Why? You Nothing good can happen if you slap <laughs> this Juneteenth holiday on one of your... Try to market it for a sale. Any kind of marketing, you're going to be ripped apart. It's just not worth it. So baseball does a black thing. Baseball, baseball is hilarious because they've had they've had a uh, race problem for like the last thirty years. There's no black players in baseball anymore. It used to be one of the most integrated sports. I mean, baseball's got a lot of long history of racism, yes, but they also have an uh, the history of 
integration more than any other sports, at least. I mean, obviously not with just Jackie Robinson, but like in the seventies, it was like fucking 30% black, which is pretty, pretty high for baseball. Now it's like 6%. It's the worst it's been in 60 years. 58 of the 945 baseball players are now are uh, American born African-Americans. And um, the baseball doesn't know what to do with it. What's funny to me is this has been going on for years. They they have a summit. They used to have a summit, like at least like 10, 15 years too, 10, 15 years ago before the season started. Like, how do we get more black players playing baseball? How do we get black kids liking baseball? And they would call in, uh, like Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Tory Hunter. And they'd ask him, what do we do? Tell us. And they're like, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you want us to tell you? And they would just come up with ideas, like things like, uh, you know, they just don't want to know. They just, there is no right answer. They're like, ah, it's too expensive, but you only need a glove. Yeah. Football's like a thousand times more expensive. Right. But people like football. That's the key. See, baseball's just not cool. And it's very boring. Dave Winfield one famously once said that ah uh, oh, the kids are skateboarding. That's the problem. What the fuck are you talking about, Dave Winfield? I don't know. I, I don't know. You want me to come up with an answer? I don't know. <laughs> Tory Hunter once said, "I love Tory Hunter, Southside Chicago." He's like, "I go home and they're like, man, what do you do?" He's like, "I play baseball." Like that sucks. That's lame. You're not about. Like, I made 180 million dollars. Like really? Like they, they, these kids don't even know. That's an option. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> so now, which I love, uh, their new summit now is they they're bringing in they bring in Chuck D from Public Enemy. Chuck D's an old baseball fan. Like Chuck D, maybe you can help uh, help the kids up. Chuck D is sixty two years old. And he's got song. So they had him write a new theme song for <laughs> Sunday Night Baseball. He's got one song called. He's got this one song called "I Hate Seeing My Baseball Cards Fade Away or Go to Heaven or some shit like that." Let me get. Let me cue it up. Actually, I kind of want to. It's incredible. And that's what it really. It's not. It doesn't become a racing. It just becomes an age thing. Because yeah, there's plenty of. Uh, here it is. This song's incredible. Let me play a little bit of it. Tying the knot, oh. losing your health coverage, or welcoming someone new. When Why can't changes, I get that? I am so bad with the producer. I thought the volume was down. It's not. Oh, and I got to go through an ad. Can you imagine people don't say skip ads? How about those sociopaths? Here we go. Here's Chuck D. Yo, child, break out the Stratomatic. Absolutely. <laughs> and 62-year-old Chuck Let's D's got to... I love Chuck. Big time gamers bring out the big guns, strikeouts, and home runs. Real dream team now rested in peace. Mm. A play by play on top of these beats. A take a ride to that ballpark in the sky. A field of dreams <laughs> can't forget Charlie Pride. So I'm going to Charlie Pride in my mind till I'm gone. I think this will bring the kids back. This will bring the ball. Forget your. Forget your ducks mixtapes. the dreams you may not believe in 2020. Bob Gibson versus Tom Seaver. Line up today, stack the bottom to the top. The leadoff hitter is the great Luke Brock. And the pitch on the way. Single, stolen base, and a second. Single, stolen base. I could play. I, I should play that whole fucking. That's how he does it. A little baseball song. Uh. Yeah, that's the problem. Baseball, the average age of a baseball fan is like 58. There's nothing to do with being able to buy a glove. I mean, they have all these programs, RBI, whatever, which, is, which they stand for uh, rehabbing baseball in the inner cities and things like that. But, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, there is an argument to be made about travel leagues. got to be. You got to play year round, but I don't understand why you have to do that. Why you have to play year round. You just have to do it. That's just fucking parents. And then of course they pluck everyone off the Island for free. That's the racism in baseball. They just go to those islands and just get them cheaper that way. But I don't know. That's just, people just, kids just don't like playing it. 
That's what it is. But I could love that song. Oh, let me get more of that song. So on deck, Joe Morgan at the plate. MVP, two times the big red machine. Better get him out now before the Astros wipe him clean. Bob Watson scoring a million runs. Up next, Bob Watson scoring a million runs. <laughs> As Captain Sato says, yeah. Kids don't know who these guys are. Maybe that's part of the problem. But I love, I love Chuck D. More. Here we get more. Give me wind, aka the toy cannon. Line drive out K line and they all come home. Ahead of the throw by Jay Johnstone. The MVP's Hall of Famers. Big time gamers. Bring out the big guns, strikeouts, and home runs. Real dream team now rested in peace. A play by Who is this for? Besides me and my my audience, who is this song for? Stratomatic. <laughs> baseball. I love baseball. All right, with that being said, let's get to the Juneteenth baseball bombs. And then I'll then I'll I'll close out with more Chuck D in a man in a box. Let me see what, what oh man, we're getting to 45 minutes. Uh all right, let me give out a couple quick games here for you because I gotta give out some winners just to right even right off my high. Uh first we're gonna go Minnesota and Boston. Line is 135 for Minnesota. They got Lopez pitching. Um this is a situational spot. We're going to give out Minnesota minus 135 at home versus Boston. Boston's coming off a doubleheader yesterday, Sunday, and they played Sunday night baseball in uh, in Fenway versus the and they played against the Yankees. I love fading the Sunday night baseball team. The winner, they have to travel the next day usually. They so they played a doubleheader versus the Yankees and Sunday night baseball versus the Yankees. That's, that's already exhausting. That's exhausting just to say let alone playing it. Then they have to travel to Minnesota. Minnesota division leader, Boston last in their division, but Boston has a better record. That's how awfully on central is. But that's why that line's price. I saw I like Minnesota a lot in that game. The Red Sox Yankees, holy, even Alex Cora was like, can you stop putting us on ESPN every time we play? Can we just play a game? Can you get someone else on Sunday Night Baseball? Where Every time we play, we have to be on Sunday Night Baseball. We play 45 times a year. We we get it. No, yes, that's and ESPN wonders why, baseball wonders why. That's all you do is shove this shit down our throat. Red Sox, Yankees. That's all we know. You guys are a rivalry. Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. They're like, yeah, enough. We play all the time. It means nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. I don't mean that. But Jesus Christ, every fucking time do they have to be on national TV? So they played a doubleheader. They played late night. They got into Minnesota after midnight. No, oh, and then they have to go out and play in the Thousand Lakes in the summertime. Mary Tyler Morton. So Minnesota bomb minus one thirty-five. Um, second one is Detroit versus Kansas City. It is Jordan Lyles Day, everybody. Jordan Lyles, Kansas City Royals pitcher. Now Kansas City, if you haven't noticed, has surpassed the Oakland A's as the worst team in baseball. That's a little sneaky uh, under the radar there. Oh, everyone's talking about the Oakland A's being the worst team in history, which they might be. Uh, Kansas City has passed them. They're worse. Their record's worse, too. Jordan Lyles is 0-14. Or the Royals are 0-14 in his last 14 starts. On the road, his ERA is 9. It's amazing. So now you're getting the Tigers at home, minus 145. It's, I think that's a small price to play at home versus Kansas City, Jordan Lyles, who is 0-14, or, or Kansas City's 0-14, who starts. Nine rodeo, all right, so let's do it. Detroit Tigers. Yeah, like I said, the uh, Royals pass the A's. Um, that's the worst team. Last last show, I talked about the A's, how they are, uh, they are following that sports movie trope of fighting against their owner. The owner. Every sports movie, it's it's about the, how their rich owner hates their team for some reason and wants to move them. That's like every sports plot movie, Major League especially. And the A's did that awesome thing last week where it was the reverse boycott where they showed up just to heckle the owner. And they won. They had a seven-game win streak. They just got swept by the Phillies, but so what? They're still playing better baseball. And then the commissioner, did you see what the fuck? I mean, I get the commissioner's job is to protect the owners.
But dear God, can you be more out of a touch? They asked the commissioner, hey, what do you think about the A's fans in a reverse boycott? He goes, eh, nice of them to show up to make an average Major League Baseball attendance. Like, just dismisses them like that? Like, holy fuck, are you a piece of shit? Good Lord. I mean, how do you just look down like you pee on fans that they're shitting upon? And he's like, oh, I don't like to see that result. Though. I don't like to see that moving. Yes, you do. You, everyone, want, you, everyone in that position wants to see a moving. And uh, shout out to Serial says, thanks for keeping me entertained while I fold my laundry. And I take that as a compliment. Serial, I did not take that as an insult at all. I think that's the most important thing is to be entertained while you fold laundry. I, I look for TV shows that are not too engaging that you can have in the background while you fold laundry to. That, to me, is the best form of entertainment there is. I don't want something I have to focus on. And be locked in. That's why I love that show Justified during the pandemic. I watched all Justified. It was the perfect laundry folding show. No episode really tangled over to the next. It's all on its own. And it was like uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Done right. A little smarter. A little Justified. He would shoot someone in every episode. And he would always say, you'd say the word of the show. You killed that guy? It was Justified. Uh, which they're rebooting. I'm excited for that. They're rebooting, although it's it's not going to be nearly as good. He's in Detroit. Speaking of Detroit, Timothy Oliphant as Waylon Raylan Jennings. Anyway, um, you're right, Captain Sano. To wonder why baseball is losing fans. I know the, the the one time fans do something and have a voice, and their commissioner fucking shits on them. Incredible. All right, but we're gonna take Detroit and Minnesota bombs. And if we want, if you want to add, I'm gonna add the College World Series. Everyone's involved in this. Um, that's always fun in Omaha. You play in the uh, Warren Buffett Stadium there. Omaha is a great city, by the way. It's a, it's a very underrated city in America, Omaha, Nebraska. And it's because of Warren Buffett. He just funds the whole place. Every, everything's like brand new and cool. Like the, the, the stadium there, there's bridges, and the zoo's pretty awesome. It's because Warren Buffett just has billions of dollars that he funds there. And he likes to go and he likes to drive in line and go to the McDonald's every morning, according to his documentary, and get a cheeseburger and a Coke. And he gives him a dollar fifty the exact change. And he moves on. And then his assistant behind him gives him a thousand dollars and say, just just tell him the prices haven't changed. That's what we like to do with him. He's a he's a 90-year-old billionaire. Anyway, uh, Wake Forest LSU plays tonight. I don't have much of a uh, analysis on this except for Wake Forest is apparently the best amazing team in college baseball history. Who they should have lost that first game for Stanford. That line went off at like minus five hundred because there was a pitching change. But that was the kind of game to get to them. They, a lot of times, the favorites in the College World Series they they fall on their face. So I think they got that at one hundred away. So you're getting a short price here. Wake Forest minus one forty seven. If they win this, they move on to the second round. The whole thing with College World Series, it's a double elimination and a triple elimination. I'm like growing up, like I see a team nothing but lose. Next thing you know, they're in the finals. Like how how many times are you gonna lose to get out of this thing? Ah, it's a triple elimination, then you move on to the double elimination and a single like what? Anyway. So we'll take Wake Forest minus one forty seven for the third college series bomb. Just to get I, I just want a piece of this Wake Forest team. Those are three uh, Juneteenth baseball bombs for you. Minnesota, Detroit, Wake Forest. And now, let's go to the box. All right. I mean, <laughs> um, welcome to the box. So many things to talk about here. Uh, Serial brought up the uh, the soccer that's going on earlier. There were some fun celebrations. There was the uh, friendly. The U.S. soccer team um, did well in the CONCAF. They beat Mexico. They beat Canada. Mexico just fired their coach, who they hired in like February, because of the CONCAF of going 0-3 or whatever the fuck happened. Um, I did see, sorry, but Mexico has a tradition where they, uh, they yell – they they yell at the opponent's goalie every time he does a goal kick. Uh, basically, a homophobic slur. It's a, they call it a tradition, and it's something they can't get at, they can't get them to get rid of. It's uh, I'm sure I think it's the f the f word you know the gay f word in Spanish. They chant it at the other goalie. I think that's what it is. I don't want too deep into it. But soccer always does these. Uh, 
you know, listless things to try to get rid of it. Like, well, we thought we'd give them a war. We give them a warning if they do it. And then we, then we tell the players, Hey, you might get a yellow card and we sit them down until it stops. And then maybe forfeit. They're not going to forfeit. They're, they're never going to have a fucking forfeit because, you know, cause none of, cause just like the DUI, none of them believe it's bad. None of these soccer fans ever actually believe it's bad. They did these campaigns. Their campaigns are even funny. Like, if you don't say it at home, don't say it in the stadium. No, no, that's what they say at home. That's what these fans do. They're fucking lunatics. They're drunk. They even asked the one official, he goes, well, I blame the refs. That's what he said. I blame the refs. If they just would have gave, because they did it uh, versus Saudi Arabia the other day. If, they, if the Saudi Arabian goalie, just would have sped up and kicked the ball faster, gave him a yellow card for that, then they wouldn't have time to chant it. So I blame the rest for not giving a yellow card. For- <laughs> Basically saying, if he wasn't being such a blankety blank, we wouldn't have to call him a blankety blank. So that's on us. <laughs> that's why I love when... Uh, When anti-sports American fans, they love they love saying, you know, looking down on sports fans in America and how we're uh, whatever. Racist and ignorant, which we are, of course. But everyone is. All Americans are. All people around the world. Look at sports around the world. They're much worse than American sports. They're mu- much more packed because it means more to them. It means more than that's all they have in our lives. Especially like soccer. Are you kidding me? Brazil, they fucking like they they behead referees over there. They put them on stakes. They're fucking nuts. They do nothing but they, they throw bananas on the goddamn field. They're fucking off horrible. Anyway, how'd I get into that? <laughs> I already talked about you, Deed. Ah, oh, Lord. Oh, the flaming hot Cheetos. That's what I wanted to talk about. Never hurts to ask. Why do I say that voice? Never hurts to ask. Oh, because someone. Don't you hate when people say that? Never hurts to ask. Someone asked me for a favor. And it never hurts to ask. I'm like, what a fucking social. It only hurts me to ask. I hate asking. That's probably why I haven't gone so far in my career because I don't. I, I hate asking favors, and you have to. You do have to ask. But I hate it. Never hurts to ask. I just hate that saying. It never hurts to ask. What? I only hurt when I, it hates me to ask, it hates me to think about asking, let alone to ask. Anyway, that's just a quick, that's just a personal thing. But the uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos, that's what I wanted to talk about. That movie. That's out. It's on Apple TV, I think. Eva Longoria directed it. It's it's another one of these fucking corporate biopic goddamn things. And this one's even amazing. You had Air, the Nike one. You had, the you know, whatever. All these awful Tales of corporations, and then now they wanted to, they want you to do the believe in you know like Ford Ford versus Ferrari, Nike, and all these great amazing stories of companies. A little little Johnny B Johnny Cuns and the little engines that could and Frito Lay. What a what a great company Frito Lay is. And so this is a story about how this janitor. And Frito Lay went on to invent the fr- flaming hot Fritos and became a CEO or whatever. Became you know just rags are riches through the company and the company lets you go. He brought you know the Mexican culture to the Frito Lay. They weren't selling to his people, which is a great story. If it was true, none of it's true. <laughs> he just fucking made it up. He made up the whole thing. And no one correct Frito Lay's not going to correct him because it's a great story for they look great in it. It's incredible. There was an article in the LA Times that exposed all of this. There was a whole team that invented this, like in the Midwest, the Flaming Hot Cheetos. And they didn't even invent Flaming Hot Cheetos. They invented, it was like the counter other companies that already had Flaming Hot Cheetos. Like, oh, we better get one of those. And they tested the market. And he was not involved at all. And it's insane. So they bring it up, and, they, and this guy, I mean, God bless him. He's a liar. He's one of those never hurts to ask people. He's just a liar. And as soon as this article came out, he put up a video. He because he does speeches, you know. He does like uh, public serve, you know, public fucking whatever announcement. He gets paid like fifty thousand for speech. All you know, the whole thing. And so I was, whatever, I get it. If you want to lie, these corporate companies want to fucking hire you. 
to hear your bullshit story. If that's going to inspire you anyway, good. Take their money. It's basically the, the Hispanic Rudy, this guy. Rudy's a liar, too. Rudy never fucking sacked anybody. Rudy never, what all this shit. But if these dumb companies want to give you money for it, get all the power to you. All the power to you, hot flaming cheeto. He was not, he wasn't even a fucking janitor. He was like a machinist. So Ava Longoria, Desperate Housewives, the g- gorgeous Ava Longoria, first time, gorgeous first time director. They should say that. I don't like when first time, I don't like when directors are gorgeous people, women or men. It's not even a, a fucking like, uh, whatever. What are these internet trolls? What do they call those? Incels. I was called an incel. <laughs> I don't want to like speaking of bad in the box comment videos. I'm like, what is an incel? I had to look that up. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm a, my life's not great. It's not that bad, though. Anyway, uh, point is, <laughs> but like, I don't want, like, first time, I don't fuck it, like, Elizabeth Banks, cocaine bear. I don't want your comedy involved. I don't like, I don't trust gorgeous people's comedy because you're never told no in your lives. Ava Longoria, she's there. She's got her sleeves rolled up. She's direct. They told her, say, so uh, what do you think about him lying in a story not being true? He goes, well, you know, we we just want uh, we want this to be <laughs> we want to be as, as, as true as possible or as possible as we want it to be. But the chips are for our people, which is it? I mean, I guess the you know the flavoring is sure. I associate Flamin' Hot Cheetos with black people more. They love hot chips. Flamin' Hot Funyuns. They throw it on everything. Flamin' Hot. Red Hot. I don't understand. Like, I mean, if you like it, you like it. I was never a Flamin' Hot fan. I don't like things that punish you. Punish your mouth. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if I'm eating, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't want to go through the pain of something. I want to enjoy the pleasure. Maybe I should. Maybe I should get more pain involved with my food and I'll eat less. That's how you, that's, that's my uh, Ozempic. Poor man's Ozempic. You just torture your fucking pain. Ah! <laughs> anyway, I just love, but I just love how that's how Hollywood gets in the, they just, they're shown that it's a lie and they just don't care. Whatever. We're going with the story anyway. And then they can say, well, it's inspired by true events. That's another thing. Inspired by true events. It's not based on it. That's how they got around it. Well, everything's inspired by true events. Fuck the Bible is inspired. It doesn't make it true. No, a snake never talked to anyone, but hey, I was inspired one time when I got drunk off wine. That was a true event. I got drunk and made this story up. I lied about inventing something that other people worked on and stole her idea. And I was inspired by that. Can you put that in there? That was a true event that I was inspired by, that he lied. It made, he's, a, he's he hides my religion too. He's like one of those, like, uh, his, he, he writes inspirational books and it's all, it's all ridiculous, like generic. Day a calendar. Day a calendar? Calendar a day? Um, Anyway, and I don't even blame. Him. I'm not even mad at him for fucking lying and making it up. I, I don't care about it. You know what I mean? Whatever, do your thing. It's just the people that don't care about that it's a lie. That's what's amazing. Me, Hollywood, the fucking story, Frito Lay, because they're a horrible, you know, an awful company. They're not, they're not an awful company, but they're, they're a company which makes them awful. <laughs> but of course, they're going to want that story out there. But it's a lie, and they—that's why it's bad. Because it makes Frito-Lay look good. And Frito-Lay has nothing to do with that. And all the people that were involved, they're like, ah, they're all retired. Who cares? Cares? You're making a movie about someone else's idea and you're giving it to someone else? Anyway. Yeah, never hurts. Never hurts the ass. Never hurts the lie. Maybe people won't care. So, And it's just, it's just amazing that they fucking, whatever. And you see these ads for this movie, and it just keeps going. And like, uh, did they ever once mention it that this is completely not true? Nope, doesn't matter. Not in today's world. Anyway, all right, that's gonna do it for today's man in the box. I thought I was gonna get angry, but God damn it, hour five. What am I doing? I can never wrap this up shortly. It's supposed to be a forty-five minute show. 
It should be a 45 minute show. I do an hour, five minutes in 45 minutes. And there's, there's a lot of stuff you could probably cut off, but that's going to do it for the man in the box. Anyway, thank you everyone for joining me today. Mondays and Wednesdays live at noon Pacific on the YouTube. Like and subscribe, all that. Um, Wednesday's show will be my NBA draft preview or bombs. I'll give out NBA draft prop bombs for that. That'll be a fun show. Talk about some trades, including the Bradley Beal. So much to get involved. Bradley Beal. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, and give five-star review to the podcast or subscribe to that on Spotify, iTunes, wherever wherever pods are told and you listen to that. Um, yeah, I need to get those downloads and episodes up. Share it with 50,000 of your friends, too, if you can do that. <laughs> Follow me on Yoda on any of the uh, socials there, the Instagram, CJ Sullivan was taken, Twitter, CJ Sullivan, blah, 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 underscore. I don't know. I hate plugs. See, I was going to say it hates, hates ask. I don't even like plugging. Well, you have to plug. You have to do things. I don't know. Um, I have another podcast, Blackout Diaries. If you want to hear more of me with my buddy Sean Flannery, we tell drinking, good drinking stories show. Speaking of all the, there's a lot of drinking stories today. Maybe I'll bring some of those over to that. Anyway, but uh, other than that, come back to us Wednesday and see Generates. You're welcome for that 90 to 1 Wyndham Clark. Let's keep it going. Bomber!